welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. Genesis 6, what I'm going to talk to you today about reversing the curse by redeeming time. And uh, I trust this is a real eye-opener for you today. You're going to have to think. See, when you come to church, one of the most important things that happens in church is that you think and you go out thinking differently. Not just to have an emotional encounter, which is great, but I want to change the way you think. It's very important. God gave you a mind. It's one of the greatest gifts that you have. Not many people use them, but it's very important to use your mind, to think. Christians should think differently, should think like the king. Wisdom is the principal thing, to understand how God made you, to understand how you function, what you're called to do, to know who you are. Many people have no idea who they are. They're living somebody else's life. They don't know the way God's created them. They don't know how to change things in their life. So God wants to change the way you think today. How many people need an upgrade in the way they think? Good response. We all need to change the way we think. I like to watch people when I go out in the, for a drive or go to a new place to drive around the neighbourhood to observe. Recently I went away for a few days holiday and it was a remarkable staying in this small country town. Country towns are nice to visit. And uh, driving from... It seemed from one side of the road, drive down a little bit further, how different one area can be to another. We can learn a lot about people, not everything, and it's, I know this is generalising, but you can learn a lot about people by the state of their homes and the environment that they live in. And how can it be that one section of town can appear to be functioning well and another section of town appear that it's almost like under a cursed mindset? Now, when I talk about cursed living, cursed living is anywhere, any area of your life where you are believing a lie. So Christians say, well, we're not under the curse. And it's true. Jesus redeemed us from the curse. We don't have to live under the curse anymore. We're empowered to choose life. But that doesn't mean that Christians can't live like they're cursed. Because any area that you believe a lie in, you give the enemy freedom to operate. That brings curse. Curses are the opposite of blessing. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you, he's angry at you. It just means that there are areas of your life that are not functioning the way God wants you to function. So we see that in neighborhoods. We see that with people. We meet people and they're good people. And you know they're made in the image of God, but there's areas that you just know that are living under this cloud. There's something wrong. And, I, and I, as I began to read this passage in Genesis 6, Genesis 7 and 8, I began to see that cursed living is essentially, if you're taking notes, living out of timing and the rhythm of God. That's what it means to be cursed. It's to, to live out of time, out of order. I remember once I was driving and uh, I was going through the city and my heart started to race. And you know what it's like when your heart goes out of timing? Has anyone ever had that? And you start to breathe funny and start to sweat. And I thought I was having a heart attack. 
And uh, so I pulled over because I could barely breathe. And this happened a number of times. I went to the doctors. They put me on a treadmill and put things all over my heart. And I was only young and quite strong. But I couldn't work out what was going on. And I thought maybe I should write my will. And this was the end of my life. And after a series of tests, they found I had the heart. My heart was like the strength of a bull. There was nothing wrong with me. And they put it down to drinking too much coffee. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Now, actually, I've been to see some friends who drink coffee from sunrise to sunset. And it, what it did was it kicked my heart out of rhythm. Anyway, it, it's called... Thank you. Thank you for that. And it's when our heart gets out of rhythm. And I believe many people live in that state of being out of time, out of time with their day. But key things have happened along their life that have set them out of time, events in their life. And once you get out of time, then everything that you do that goes forward is out of time. There are areas of our life that are, that are disjointed and not in harmony with God. And that's what it means to live a cursed life. So God wants to redeem all the areas of our life so we function in time, both for our day, but going forward. So let's read Genesis 6, verse 1. Put your thinking caps on. You ready? God's going to speak to you today. Thank you. He will. You know who will speak to? Anyone that listens. Now it came to pass when the men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. Many of you have read this, and you know, there's all sorts of stories about demons, and you can make up your mind what you think of this passage. That's not my point. But what we see in this passage is there is an increase of evil. And it says, The Lord said, My spirit won't strive with men forever, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his days shall now be 120. When there's an increase of evil, the mind of the enemy, it affects time timing are you hearing this there were giants on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of god came into the daughters of men they brought children to them those were the mighty men who were of old men of renown and the lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of their thoughts imagine that everyone every second of the day Their minds were twisted and believing a lie. And their hearts were continually evil. Cursed living caused them to live out of sync with time and time was out of sync with them. When you begin to believe lies from the enemy, it causes you to live out of sync with the purpose of God for your day. Are you getting this? You lose the purpose of your day because things have happened in your life that have caused you to think wrong and now everything is out of alignment. Deuteronomy 28, 66 puts it this way. Your life will hang in doubt before you. You will fear every day and every night. You'll have no assurance of life. In the morning, you will say, Oh, that we're evening. And in the evening, you'll say, oh, that it was morning because of the fear that terrifies your heart. See, out of sync. Yeah. 
wishing that night was day and day was night. Everything's out of order. And the reason that we're not fruitful and functioning because we've allowed things or things have come into our lives and they're now causing us to live a cursed life, as it were. I'm speaking to people here today that that's happened in your life, that you are bearing the fruit today of decisions or thoughts or things that have happened that have knocked you out of timing. It's like you're functioning on three cylinders. You're not moving properly. Maybe you're aware of it deep inside, but key events, traumatic events, decisions that you've made have knocked you out of time. And so each day that you step into, it's like something isn't quite right. God wants to bring you back into timing. Are you there? Genesis 6, 6, it gets better. And the Lord was sorry that he made the earth, man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. And he says, I'm going to destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things. There's a lot of creeps. And birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. The flood ended a cycle in human history. It washed away all the effects of evil and reversed the effects of evil by redeeming and resetting time. Did you hear that? The purpose of the flood was to wash away all the effects. Now think of it not just in the flood, but your life. The purpose of the flood was to wash away all the effects of time, to redeem the time and to reset it. Genesis 6 verse 8. Still with me? But Noah, isn't that a great verse? That verse is the reason you're here today. But Noah, one man found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. He was a just man, perfect in his generations. That word generations in the Hebrew means in the revolution of time. Noah was perfect in his concept of time. In other words, he was the only one on the planet that was functioning in time with God. Everyone else, because of their mindset, was walking out of time with God and out of time for their own life. Are you getting this? Noah walked with God. That word walk means to keep a pace with God. Now imagine that. Imagine every day that you walk in time with God. That the day unfolds and you are walking in harmony with God for the pur- His purpose for your life. Yeah. When you're cursed, when you're living under a cursed mindset, it's because you're walking out of step with God. He has a plan here to prosper you, to bless you, to cause you to be joyful. Yeah. How many people know it's God's purpose that we all are joyful? Yeah. I've had sad days. But those sad days are purely because I have walked out of time with God. I've allowed a lie to come in, embraced it, and now I am walking disjointed. And the reason I'm frustrated and upset is because I'm out of time. So we need to say, God, time me, retime me, recalibrate me, cause me to allow you to redeem the time and reset the time. Timing. Noah walked with God. Say that with me. Noah walked with God. See, you're all in time. Let's try it again in time. Noah walked with God. 
Now I want you to put your name instead of Noah, and we're going to say it together. I'm going to say Andrew walked with God, but you don't say Andrew. You say your name, okay? So ready? One, two, three. Andrew walked with God in time with God, in time, in time, in time. Get in step with God's timing. If you are a musician, I claim to be sort of a musician. I have musical bones in my body. We look on non-musicians with contempt. <laughs> it's just the way it is. And if you're a musician, you understand this. I, I'm sort of joking, you know. Don't go home and you know, suck your thumb. But because timing is everything to a musician. Is there any musicians here? You understand what I'm saying, don't you? Timing is everything. And so we're in a congregational setting or listening to music and you see those that have no musical bones in their body. We still love them, but they're just out of time. And so we're clapping in time and they're... The beat's going one, two, three, and they're, they're, it's a gift to, to, to get out of time. For those who are in time, you look at those who are out of time, and say, how could you sing like that or clap like that? How could, you, how could you do that when the beat's not that? Can you not understand? When you're in time, everyone around you who's out of time, it grates on you because it's just not right. There's a deeper point here that I'm trying to get to. It's the getting unison with heaven's timing. And may, maybe God's in heaven, and he's much more gracious than me, but he's looking at a world that's out of time. And he's got a rhythm for our day. And it's smooth and it's gracious and it's purposeful. And we're missing the time. We're distracted. We're reacting. We've got things that, we're, that have collected over a period of time. And so now we're out of time. Out of time. God created time to follow a sequence, to bring definition to our life. It stops old things and allows new things. Time is a great gift because it allows God to redeem things in our life. Or else everything would happen at once. And because we're not God and we make mistakes, if everything happened at once, there'd be no place for redemption. So he creates time in sequence to unfold things in our life. And we're getting rid of with him. Psalms 90 verse 12 says, Teach us to assign and number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Help me to get into the rhythm of life and time, of seasons, of understanding how you work and flow in my life. Help me not to be out of time, out of order. Have you met people who are out of time, out of rhythm, that they've taken things in their life and it's, it's caused a stop in their life? It's, it's halted progress and now they're out of time. They're still back when they were 20, and they're 60, 70, and they're acting like they're 15, 20. They're reactive to things because they're out of time. They haven't flown with time, flowed with time, or flown. Everything in creation follows the flow of time. Jeremiah 8, 7 says, Even the stork in heaven knows her appointed times. Isn't it interesting that animals 
flowing time and in sequence, but it's humans that have trouble with that. The turtle dove, the swift and the swallow, they observe the time of their coming, but my people do not know the judgment of the Lord. And that's not judgment as in I'm angry with you, but the mind, the decisions, the way God flows. All of creation understands it, but my people don't understand it. Maybe that's why the Jewish calendar is made up of 360 days. Because like a circle, 360 degrees, there's a flow, there's a rhythm of time. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Psalm 104.19, He appointed the moon for seasons. The sun knows it's going down, you make darkness and it's night and all the beasts of the forest creep about. I love watching documentaries. It's, I think my family think I'm a bit odd, but I just keep watching them. Lions and leopards and bears. and I love it. And it's the thing about creation that there's a rhythm. Bears hibernate, birds migrate. There's a phases of the moon. There's a, why do you think the sea is so calming? Because it's the rhythmic effect of the waves coming in and out. All of creation is set to a time, to a rhythm to a flow. Do you know, even when God created the world, there was a rhythmic form. When you read Genesis chapter 1, there is a beginning and an end. Each day has this rhythmic flow. And God said, and it was so. And there's a rhythm, and there's a pulse, and there's a harmony. When the Holy Spirit was on the face of the waters, do you know what he was doing? It says he was hovering or fluttering what was he? It was like he was kick-starting the flow of humanity. Do you see that? He actually came over the earth and he fluttered and he created a rhythm. And it set off creation. So this is why the flood comes, because there's so much evil. The thinking is out of sync with God and it's affecting the flow of creation. And in fact, if it had kept going the Messiah would not have come. The earth would have got out of its rhythmic flow so much that the Messiah never would have come. There's a rhythmic flow to all that God makes. So in Genesis 6, verse 14, is this making sense so far? God told Noah to build an ark. In verse 22 of Genesis 6, Noah did it. He built the ark as God commanded. Here's a little thought. You don't have to comprehend everything that God says, but you do have to co cooperate. He didn't understand why. He just obeyed. And he built the ark. God supplied the wood, but Noah built the ark. And it's for someone here today, you're wanting God to do what is it he's expecting you to do. He supplied the wood, but you build the ark. He's given you wisdom, now you build your marriage. Just a little thought. Genesis 7, 17. And true to God's word, the flood comes. Why would God flood the world? Here's a thought. Because he does not want this cursed generational thinking to go on and to perpetuate. He doesn't want it to continue on. I look at the flood thinking, what a crazy thing. But you need to understand it's, it's the heart of God that our cursed way of thinking we wouldn't go from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. To the next. 
He doesn't even want it going on in your life from one year to the next, to the next, to the next. Always carrying these things that are out of time. So God washed it away. It was a big deal to God to do that. It's not that God does things lightly. That's the commitment that he has to get you into the timing and the seasons for your life. The flood was a divine reset that destroyed an out-of-time world that was committed to hindering the Messiah. So he reset it. And here's the wonderful thing. God wants to reset your life as well. Did you hear that? You may be out of timing, but God is just as committed to resetting your world as he was to the world of the past. So you are now in harmony with present time. And there's three things that he does to help you reset your world. Now I want you to turn to Genesis 8.1. We're going to look at them. Then God remembered Noah. This is Genesis 8.1. And every living thing... And all the animals that were with him in the ark, and God made a wind. Say with me, wind. wind. That word wind is the same word that we use for spirit. It's the same word that we find in Genesis 1, that the spirit hovered over the face of the earth. So God made a wind. It was the work of the spirit that passed over the earth, and all the waters subsided. Verse 2, the fountains of the deep. And the windows of heaven, the fountains of the deep, which is earth, and the windows of heaven were stopped. And the rain from heaven was restrained. I want you to notice in here, this passage, that there are parallel worlds of heaven and earth functioning in unison. And now the earth was now able to operate in timing with heaven's agenda. The earth and heaven was stopped. Holy Spirit did a work on earth and in heaven and the flood was stopped, and again, there was unison in timing. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He hovers over our life and brings earth in alignment with heaven in every area of our life. So the flood stopped. He washes away the power and the, and, and the, and the penalty of decisions we've made. And then Holy Spirit comes to those realms and begins to hover over them and reset them so what we're living in today is not affected by what happened. He, can't, he doesn't change what happened, but he redeems it and resets it so where we are today is not affected by what happened there that caused us to live out of time. Are you hearing that? Genesis 8.3 And the waters receded from the earth. At the end of the 150 days, the waters decreased. It's a long time to be in a boat waiting for God. <laughs> and the ark rested in the seventh month on the 17th day on the mountains of Ararat, which means the curse is reversed. And the waters decreased until the 10th month and the tops of the mountains were seen. I want you to notice in this passage a number of things that you may want to write down that I get out of these first number of verses. The water judged the curse of man. That's what the waters did. At the cross, Jesus judged all the things that have damaged your life and the power of that's been broken and redeemed and paid for. You don't need to pay for today the decisions you made when you were 20, 
15. Whatever you've done, under the blood of Jesus, all those decisions have been dealt with at the cross. We need to know that because even for me, the enemy will remind me of things I did in my childhood or teenage years or whatever. Silly decisions, bad things, treated this person wrong, whatever it might be. And all those things were washed away by the flood. And we call it the cross. Amen? So don't let bad decisions get you out of time with God. It's called condemnation. Unwanted pregnancies or drugs that you talk of. Whatever decisions you made, they have no power and should have no power to get you out of time with God. He's a redeemer. God loves to redeem time. The wind then came and blew away the past forms, reversing all the effects of the curse. That's the purpose of the wind, of the spirit, to come in and hover over those times and breathe life into it and reset it. Broken marriages, divorce, whatever it might be, abuse. Holy Spirit can come to those realms, Father God through the Spirit, and not just redeem it, but reset it so that you function today in perfect timing. Are you getting this? So all these chaotic events are not controlling today the purpose of this day. Give us this day. This day. I don't want to live today out of time because of key events in my life. I want to embrace this day. The gift I have is to embrace this day and to use it for his glory and to discover all that he has for me for this day because I'm in time and harmony with heaven. There was a washing and a reset of time because Holy Spirit was shaking over the waters, resetting creation into a rhythmic form. I love that. That's what Holy Spirit was doing after the flood. He was... He was vibrating and bringing creation back into alignment with the purposes of God again. I believe, you may not agree, but I believe before the flood that the earth was so out of time that the Messiah could not have come. And now it's back beating and pulsating in time with God so the Messiah can now come. When you get back in rhythm with God, the very key purpose for your life now is again in alignment. Maybe we've seen 1111 and numbers. Many people in the body see numbers all so often. What are all these about? Maybe God's trying to say to you, it's time to get back in time with your purpose. We're waiting on God. God's waiting on us. Allow me to retime you, to come into those areas where you've said, that happened, that happened, unredeemable. That's just the way it is. God says, no, I can, I can come back to all those moments and reset them. I can't change them, but I can reset them. So how you live today is not out of time, but in time. God reverses the present effect of the curse by redeeming time. So whenever God steps into time or is present as we are aware in time, it's with the purpose 
of redeeming. God is a redeeming God. It's one of the, 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 the amazing things or one of the great things about God. He is a redeeming God. He can take rubbish and make it a treasure. He can take brokenness and make it whole. He can take people that are so screwed up in their thinking and say they now have the mind of Christ. He's a redeeming God. He delights to go back and wash and reset. That's our God. Yes, give him a clap. He's worthy. So here's some thoughts, just to press a bit deep. Our God is a redeeming God. He's a redeemer of time. Now think about this. We live like God has always been, he currently is, and he will continue to exist. But God is not restricted by any time. He operates outside of time. He's eternal and he can step in or appear to step into time or out when any time he likes, whenever he chooses. God is not bound by time. He is present in the, and if I point to my right, into the past. He's present in the past. He's present in the now and he's present in the future all at the same time. The Bible says the earth is full of the loving kindness of God. In other words, he interjects his loving kindness. Creation, right now, he's in creation. He was, he's in 500 AD. He's now, he's in the future, whatever that looks like. All at the same time, his loving kindness is being expressed. He actually exists in all those times, dimensions, all at the same time. So you think back to your birth, for some of you it's a long time, you go back to your birth, God right now, as we understand time, is present in, at your birth right now. And he's present today. We look back and think, I can't even remember when I was 10. But God is present tense there right now and able to redeem it. Deuteronomy 33, 27 says, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only Son, whoever believed in him shall not perish but have everlasting. So everlasting eternal life. So they are very different. Eternal is what God is. Everlasting is what we are. Everlasting is perpetual life. So when we get born again, we have a start, but we have no end. Wow. It's called perpetual life. Amen. We don't have eternal life. Eternal life is to exist in the past, present, and future, no beginning, no end, all at the same time. That's God. He's eternal. You're not eternal. You don't exist in the past. You exist in the present. But you have perpetual life. That's what we get from God. He is God. He's eternal. The problem for us is we treat God like we treat ourselves. He says, I'm not like you. So when we function, we think God can't fix our past because it's gone, because it's gone for me. It's true. But God isn't like you. He lives in your past today. He's there right now. And he's here today. And he's there tomorrow. All at one time. He fills the earth with himself. And he goes in and out as we see it. But he's not going in and out because he's already filled it. But he can come in and out for us and reset our time. Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, 
today and forever. Revelation 1.8 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, who was and is and is to come. He is the beginning and the end. He's both at the same time. He sees the beginning and the end because he is the beginning and the end. And he views everything at the same time. Think about that. And so when God washes your past, he is in your past now to reset it. And able by his spirit to breathe over your past and recalibrate and retime it. And cause you, cause what he did in your past, because he's present in your past, to affect what is happening today. Because if you're out of time today, it's because of what happened in the past. And the good thing about God is he can retime your past. God pops up everywhere. In the Old Testament, call it Christophany, where Jesus would appear. Well, you can't do that. How, how small our little theological minds are. Well, it's been argued. Well, you can't appear. He can only appear when he appears. He doesn't appear to Bethlehem. But we find him popping up everywhere because he's an eternal God. It explains how Moses wrote Genesis when he wasn't even there. Because God brought Moses up into himself and said, take a look at what I see. It explains how Moses and Elijah met Jesus in the transfiguration. Because they were brought forward in time to a God who sees everything. He can go backwards and forwards. How John could see in the future. Because when God sees, he sees everything at the same time. We call it omnipresent. Present everywhere. Jeremiah 23, 23 says, I am God near at hand. Not a God far off. Can anybody hide himself in the secret place and I not see him? Do I not feel heaven and earth? Can you hear that? He's saying, there's nowhere in your life that you can hide from me because I feel everywhere at the same time. So even areas that you can't remember that are hidden to you, God says, don't worry, I've got it covered because I'm there. And I can still reset the things that you don't even remember if you allow me to redeem the time and reset it. Isaiah 66, 1 says, Heaven is my throne, the earth my footstool. Where is the house that you would build for me? Where will my resting place be? In other words, why would you build a house for me called the present? You want to contain me? Right, this is where you live? Past is the past. Well, no use crying over spilt milk. What will be, will be. It's all in the past. No, God's saying... Build a house for me in your life called eternity. I am in charge of your future, your past, your present. I can redeem, reset anything in your life. This is the whole thing about the flood. God is redeeming and resetting creation as a picture to what he'll do in your life. He sees my birth, my end, all in one go. Ephesians 5.15 says, See... That you walk circumspectly. In, in the Latin, that word means to look around. See that you walk with a mindset of a circle. The God's in my present, my past, my future. Not that way, but we build that way. It's a rotating circle. He, he fills all in all. A circle 
speaks of fullness. See that you walk with this mindset that in every area of my life, God is now. Redeeming the time for the days of evil. In other words, there are evil days that are sprinkled through your life. They're not all your doing, but they are there nevertheless. And he says, we can redeem the times because there are evil days that are sprinkled throughout our life. So we redeem them. Did you hear that? We have the authority as stewards of our timeline to say, Holy Spirit, come into any of those areas, redeem and reset. You have the authority to do that. Because God is in all those time frames. I've got five chairs there, five people, one, two, three, four, five. Please. I did it because they're very obedient. All these five people are God. Thank you. They're all God. They're all God. I know they look different, but they're a picture of God, okay? And these five chairs, for me, I needed 50 actually, but... Each one represents 10 years. 0 to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30, 30 to 40, 40 to 51. And God is sitting on all of those chairs all at the same time. That's God. That's God. That's God. That's God. That's God. It's all God. He's present tense in every aspect. We could break it down to 51 chairs. In every era of my life, every year, God is there present right now to redeem and to reset if I invite him in. As I am the steward of my timeline and I can say to God, 10 to 20, this happened. And even the Holy Spirit can show you things. Allow me to redeem it and reset it. Because I'm functioning here, God. This is my timeline, 51 And I know there are things in my life, even now, that have caused me to walk out of time. Go back into those areas and allow the flood of his presence to flutter over those areas and retime them, recalibrate them. And so today I am feeling the the effects of being in time with all of my life. Give them a hand as they sit down. Joel 2.25 says, I will restore the years that the locust has eaten. He will restore them. That's what God is. And you say, well, that's, that's, that's weird. No, no, it's not. God is omnipresent and he's able to go into any area of my life and breathe into it now. Well, he can't change it. Well, he can't change the facts because he's placed us in time. Remember, we're everlasting. He's eternal. But because he lives there, he can change the effects of what happened and cause me today to live in time. Does that make sense? That's what we're saying. Don't live out of time. He knows our times and seasons. That was my first point. It was a long one. The spirit blew on the water. The second two I'm going to cram in in the next 10 minutes. Genesis 8.10, and he waited another seven days and he sent the dove out of the ark and the dove came to him in the evening with a freshly plucked olive leaf. So the first thing is he redeems us and resets the time because the Holy Spirit is able to go back. God is able to go back 
into those very time frames and reset it. We invite him in. And you can do that today when you go home or even now. You can say, Holy Spirit, I know I'm running out of time. I know that this thing's not right because of this and this. And it's caused me to react, to be angry. Would you please redeem it and reset it and allow him to do it? The second thing is here, he gives us signs to discover that point the way for each day. So every day we are living in harmony with his time. He gave Noah a sign. It's called an olive leaf. Ah, I'm in time with God today. And he'll give you signs along the way. Each day, each day I believe there's something that he wants to do, say, show you, that will cause you to know, I am in time with God. And it's good. Not only does he fix our bad timing, but he, he reveals to us that we are now in time. Here's some questions to ask. What season am I now in? There are seasons. Winter, summer, spring, autumn. And we all go through them. I need to know what season I'm in. If I'm in winter, I need to do things. I need to buy a jacket. I need to be prepared that there's going to be some tough days but it's not the end. I'm in spring now. I need to make, make the most of this. this. It's a fruitful season. I need to be aware that this is a time to maximize. So we ask God, what season am I in? What is the rhythm, second question, and the heartbeat of God for me today? What does it look like? So when I wake up in the morning, I'm trying to ask God, what does today look like? As I began to get a download of this, it's it's only been recently, last week or two. So I'm thinking, okay, God, what does today look like in your mind? So we get up, spend the day, not even aware that there is a harmony for the day. God has a plan for your day. And he does. And that's why at the end of the day, you feel like you've accomplished nothing. Like a hamster on a wheel because you're not living in time with heaven. I'm not saying you stay in bed and sing Kumbaya. I'm just saying that before you start, what is the time? Noah waits for evidence that God is doing something. Show me the sign. What should I be seeing, hearing, feeling in this moment? What are you going to show me? What should I be listening for this day? What should I be seeing? What should I be feeling? It's called being like aware of each day, being in time. What am I being prepared for? Another question, what should I be learning? How should I be positioned now? These are questions that we ask that not just redeem time past, but we redeem today. This is the day that God has made. So we need to rejoice and be glad in it. So we need to function in it. Say, God, this is your day. There is a design how I use this day is a gift I give you back. What did you plan for this day? I know if it plays with your mind, but I, I'm, I'm talking. And as I'm talking to someone, I'm thinking about that sentence I just said. Like just then. Just then. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. And I'm trying to pull it back. Have you ever thought like that? Maybe, maybe it's just me. <laughs> I'm thinking about we leave a moment, it's gone. It's gone. 
I can't replace it. can't get it back. I want to go back. I want to go back, but I can't because I'm not eternal. So each day I've got to maximize the moment of the day and live fully in the moment, live in time with God. So God gives us signs to show us that we are living in alignment with God, the aha moments, that I'm in his perfect will, I'm in his timing. And it doesn't always look like activity. It can be that. But sometimes it's just being with God, being with your children, talking to them, laughing, enjoying, fishing, whatever it might be. Number three, I told you a bit quick point. He gives us a spoken word to speak. So he gives us the spirit who blows on the waters and resets the time. He gives us signs to discover that point the way. And then he gives us a spoken word to speak. Verse 15, and God spoke to Noah. When God speaks to us, it's because he wants us to speak. And he tells us to Noah, go out of the ark and... And you can read what he says in verse 17 and 18. Here's the thought. The voice that we respond to determines the future that we will experience. So God speaks to us. And in speaking to us about our day and about the timing, he does that so we will learn the declarations and proclamations that we have to make for each day. Do you know that there are declarations that God wants you to speak over your life today that may be different than the declarations you made in the last season? So the declarations of a winter season look different to the declarations of a spring season. So God speaks to us and his spoken word reveals his mind. It's to give us a mindset for the season and to give us words that we would speak proclamation that we would speak that would enable us to function in his time. If you're proclaiming winter scriptures, you're out of time if you're supposed to be in summer. There's a time to mourn. There's a time for rejoicing. There's a time to pull down. There's a time to plant. Ecclesiastes 3. There's a time for every season and every purpose under heaven. So God speaks to us each day, and say, Lord, what declaration do you want me to command for this day? God spoke to Noah. I have a theory that at the beginning of the New Testament, there was a lot of physical pain, persecution. And I know it still goes on today, but, but the church was shaped by persecution. Physical. I believe that that has changed a lot and now our persecution comes in our head. He attacks our mind. He attacks what we speak. There's a, it's almost like he cranks it up because he wants us to be out of time. So we'll think thoughts that aren't in time with God and speak words that will get us out of time with him. So I want to say, God, what is it you're speaking for this day? What's the proclamations I need to make over my wife, over my children, over my finances, over my future, over my workplace, where I will travel today? What would you have me speak? The Spirit comes and redeems and resets. He then comes and he brings us physical signs throughout the day. Then he gives us words that we would speak that would keep us in time with him. 
We finish with Genesis 8.20. And Noah built an altar to the Lord. I want to say to you today, what you do with each day matters to God. You've been given this day to use it in any way you like. You can sleep in bed. You can suck your thumb. We've all had those days. And get angry at the world. We can drink too much beer. Oh, I'd never do that. We can watch too much TV. Just another form of addiction. You can waste it or use it for good. Noah builds an altar to the Lord. He's reset time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing this day. What you do today is important because you're exchanging a day of your life for it. I want to be in time. Isn't it interesting how this passage finishes? Verse 21, And the Lord smelled this aroma from the sacrifice. He says, I'm never going to curse the ground again for man's sake. And even though their imagination is evil, I will not destroy it as I have done. And listen to what he says. And while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night, the rhythm's back. He's reset the earth and the rhythm's back. Can you hear that? And that's what he wants in your life. He wants to reset your life so the rhythm's back. The rhythm's back. Seed time and harvest, summer and winter. The rhythm's back. 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 Think about your life today. The rhythm's back. Those that are out of timing, those that have been carrying wounds, God wants to reset your life and bring the rhythm back so you're free from a cursed way of living. When you, you can't pay your bills, you don't realize it's because that you've been out of timing. You've allowed thoughts and thinking and, and even generational timing to, to steal what belongs to you. And I declare over you today, you've got your rhythm back. You're in time with God. You think his thoughts. You are functioning every day with the mind of Christ. You are making decisions that he would make in your shoes. You're feeling the way he would feel. You're choosing the way he chooses. You're seeing what he sees. You're in perfect timing with God for your life. Every single moment of the day. So why don't you raise your hands where you are. We're going to pray together and agree together. Father, we thank you that you are the redeemer and the resetter of all of time. You are present, past, present and future. You inhabit every area of our life and you delight to redeem everything that the enemy has stolen, misused, corrupted, changed. So we invite you because we are the stewards of our timeline. We invite you into every space of our life, past, present, future. We say, be Lord. You be the one that defines the moments that the enemy has corrupted. And beyond what we could understand and make sense of in those moments, we say, Holy Spirit, wash into every space of our timeline, every year, every moment. Wash into that. Redeem it. Heal it. And reset it. So this very day, we are back in time with heaven's purpose for the now moment.
I pray for these people today, your, your bride, that they would see signs every day of your goodness and faithfulness, that they are in time with heaven. I pray that you'd open their eyes to prophetic moments. They would see, yes, I'm in time. Yes, things are in alignment for me. I'm where he wants me to be, doing what he wants me to do, thinking how he wants me to think. And I pray, Lord, for them today that they would speak words that would direct their times. Lord, they would speak your words over their marriages, over their minds, over their surroundings, over their seasons. We want there to be a dance with heaven and earth. Beautiful alignment. Beautiful alignment with your purpose and our lives. Even as you shut the windows from raining in heaven and shut the earth from bringing up water. So, Lord, you are stopping everything in our life that is out of alignment and then bringing it together. You make all things beautiful in your time. And we declare that over our lives today, that you make all things beautiful in your time, in your timing, everything. You are able to restore the years that have been stolen. You make the wilderness a garden of Eden. You are the great transformation transformer. You alone have the power to come and breathe into the painful areas of our life and make sense of them, heal them, restore them, and cause them to be a platform that we could soar with you. And even as the ark was lifted up on the mountain, give us an elevated view, cause us to see and to think and to speak like you do. You have reversed the curse. You have changed us, Lord, given, given us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You are our great redeemer of time. And we worship you over every space in our life. We give you the praise and the glory for you make all things new. And because of that, we can trust you with our present and our future. For our times are in your hands. And we give you praise for it. So right now, before we finish, why don't you think about key moments in your life that need to be redeemed and reset and reframed. This is not mind over matter. This is an invitational, invitation to God Almighty to come into those moments to redeem them and reset them. Do you know if you're running off a clock that's 10 minutes late, you'll always be 10 minutes late. So we're saying, God, in those moments, reset the clock to the perfect timing of God. So we're not running late in our life. We're out of time. I ask those things in Jesus' name over families that are out of time. Brothers and sisters, husbands and wives, children and parents. where there seems to be things out of alignment. Bring healing to families. For our city... Let our city be in time with you, we ask, in Jesus' name.